why does God heal? Uh, we know God is a healer, but now let's talk about why does He heal. And as you get this, it'll it'll give you such confidence. It'll give you such a, such an expectation, which is partly why I wanted to talk about it, because we're talking about showtime. Showtime, which is our God-given theme this year, is a desire to uh, display His nature, an expectancy to see manifestation of His power, and uh, an ability to learn how to hear His voice better. And we will show God in our midst. That's why we call it showtime. And so, understanding why does God heal can really encourage you in terms of, oh shucks, there are so many good reasons why God heals. It will really lift you up. So, let's just talk about that. You'll need your Bibles quite a lot today. Um, so let's go. Why does God heal? One of the reasons He heals you is because He likes honoring faith and He likes honoring your request. One of the reasons He heals you is because He likes honoring faith. He likes honoring faith and He likes honoring your request. That's one of the reasons He heals. He's a God who honors your faith and who honors your request. Go to James 5, 14 to 16. James 5, 14 to 16. James 5, 14 to 16, after Hebrews. And it says there that is any of you in trouble he should pray is anyone happy let him sing songs of praise is any of you sick he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise him up one of the reasons God likes healing is because he likes honoring faith the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up. This is one of the reasons he heals. He likes honoring faith. Go to Mark 10. Mark 10. Forty-seven. Then they came to Jericho. Mark 10, 46, 47 onwards. Then they came to Jericho. Am I still on? Uh, make sure the volume on the recording is high enough because otherwise people find it difficult. Uh, Chris can't hear right now on this speaker, so uh, should I, if you need to use the other mic, let me know. Mark 10, verse 46 onwards. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called out to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. 
your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. God heals because he likes honoring faith. Go, your faith has made you well. And he went. God heals because he likes giving you your request. How simple is that? God heals because he likes giving you your request. Mark 7, Mark 7, 32 to 35. Mark 7, 32 to 35. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of Decapolis. Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk and they begged him to place his hand on the man. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk and they begged him, pleaded with him, requested him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ear. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephata, which means be opened. At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Jesus gave them what they asked for. One of the reasons God heals is because you make a request you ask. And therefore, because you've asked, <laughs> He heals. What a wonderful God this is. He said, Ephata, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened. Go to Mark 9. Mark 9, 22 to 27. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe me, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by his hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. Why did Jesus heal this boy? Because his father came and asked, saying, My boy is in trouble. The father didn't even have enough faith to believe. But he asked. God sometimes heals because he wants to honor your faith or honor your asking or request. The second reason God heals is he wants to expose or display his attribute his attributes his attributes he wants to expose or display his attributes what in your opinion what in your opinion is the most obvious attribute in healing that is displayed Mark 1 verse 41 and 42 You're not wrong Diana Mark 1 41 and 42 A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees If you're willing you can make me clean Filled with 
<laughs> filled with anger. Jesus reached out his hand. No, filled with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him. Matthew 20 verse 34. Matthew 20 34. Father, please heal this mic in Jesus' name. Matthew 20 34. Matthew 20, 34. Is there a 34? Yeah. Um, Jesus stopped, um, starting at verse 29. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd, am I still audible? A large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped them and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had anger upon... Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Jesus had compassion. One of the attributes that's displayed, one, one of the reasons God heals is because he wants to display or expose his attributes and one of the strongest attributes that's displayed in healing is compassion. Why does God heal? Because He is gracious and compassionate. And compassion is an attribute that He wants to show. That's one of the reasons why God heals. Go ahead, James. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't be... <laughs> you were being serious. Okay, NIV doesn't say it because I'm reading from the NIV. Read the margin. Oh, that's too small. My eyes can't read it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Jesus had compassion. It says indignant. I'll have to go check yes. it out. Let's we'll have... Okay. Okay, it is indignant compassion. And <laughs> No, let me explain indignant. Let me explain... Let me explain indignant compassion. Yeah. So we'll work with that on the next sermon. But one of the attributes that's most obvious in healing is compassion. Because that's his very nature. Slow to be indignant and full of compassion. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said indignant compassion. Because there have been times when I've seen kids sick. Or when I've seen someone I like a lot sick. And such anger grasped me. And there's an how dare you touch this innocent child kind of a thing. So that's why it's an indignant compassion. But that's it's what Elmer had when Eli was here the last time. Yeah. He looked at him and he just had that sensation of compassion. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, start reading the fine, uh, normal print, not the fine print James. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the attributes that's exposed during healing is compassion. So, why does God heal? Because He wants to display His compassion. Display His attribute. I love this. Why does God heal? One, because He likes honoring my faith or likes honoring me, when I, likes honoring my request. Two, He likes healing because it displays His attributes. And one of His attributes is compassion. Thirdly, 
why does God heal? God heals because He likes authenticating Himself and His Word. He likes authenticating Himself. He likes authenticating Himself and His Word. He likes authenticating Himself and His Word. Matthew 11, 3 to 5. Matthew 11, 3 to 5. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf fear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. One of the reasons God heals, they come and ask him, are you the coming one? Meaning, are you the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God? And he says, he doesn't tell him, he doesn't say, yep, I am. He says, go tell them. Because why? The Old Testament had talked about how this Messiah will come and the lame will walk and the blind will see. He says, go tell them. Go tell John. That the sick are being healed, the dead are being raised, the blind can see and the deaf can hear and the lame can walk. One of the reasons God heals is because He displays who He is. There's not even an attribute, it's uh, as in uh, compassion, he's, it's an authentication or a validation of who He is in which, in what He does. This is who God is. He's a healer. And He authenticates His word. Psalm 103 verse 5, anybody? He heals all our diseases. Psalm 107 verse 20, anybody? He sent his word and healed our diseases. Mark 16, 20, anybody? Don't leave the fine print on Mark 16 either, because it has fine print. Mark 16, <laughs> Mark 16, 20 says, and he went and worked with them validating what they spoke with signs and wonders. So, at the end of the day, one of the reasons God heals is because He likes authenticating His Word. And He makes it obvious as to who He is. He likes authenticating His Word. So, Isaiah 55 says, when I send out my Word, it shall not come back void. It will accomplish the purpose and it will prosper my pleasure. And his word very clearly indicates again and again that he is someone who enjoys healing. He heals, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He sends his word and heals my diseases. See, God works with me. I love that. Just listen to this, guys. This year, you have an opportunity to step into a, a place where God will work with you. God will work with you to confirm the word with signs and wonders. Let me say that again. Hear that. This year you have an opportunity to let God work with you, confirming what you speak, or confirming the word, not what you speak. This year you have an opportunity to let God work with you, to confirm the word with signs and wonders. And so if you want God to work with you in this area, you need to now begin to speak, display, go and do. Because it won't happen otherwise. We talked about that last time. 
outflow induces thirst stagnancy inhibits thirst of filling no i was talking about the holy spirit i said that if you want to be filled with the holy spirit you have to have an outflow of what the spirit of god has put in you outflow induces filling stagnation inhibits filling but outflow is impossible without foolishness you have to be foolish to have an outflow out of your life you cannot have an outflow of the life of god through you unless you are foolish if i am not foolish i will not go pick up someone on the road and say someone send me to pick you up <laughs> you have to have foolishness for outflow to happen and you have to have outflow to induce filling and so god is work willing this year on this trip uh, for the rest of the 11 months to work with you and me to confirm the word with signs and wonders but i must speak i must display i must go i must do show time sorry stagnation inhibits outflow induces the other reason why god heals is because he leads others uh, healing leads others to repent 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 Uh, Ryan can you pick that up for me simply because if i bend this mic will start making noise thanks and i really meant that <laughs> Ryan honest because it will start making noises it wasn't trying to make you leads others to repent healing leads others to repent uh, go to acts chapter 9 acts chapter 9 Sometimes I wish I had this on my ear all the time. Uh, Acts chapter nine verse thirty-three. <laughs> Acts chapter nine verse thirty-three. As Peter travelled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, a paralytic who had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, "Jesus Christ heals you." get up and take care of your mat immediately Aeneas got up all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the lord another one acts chapter 3 verse 9 acts chapter 3 verse 9 acts 39 you know the story silver or gold do i have none verse 6 but what i have i give you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth walk taking him by the right hand he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped to his feet and began to walk then he went with them into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising god when all the people saw him walking and praising god they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate with, uh, called beautiful and they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to them and then peter begins to speak and then go to verse uh, chapter 4 verse 
but many who heard the message believed and the number of men grew to about 5000 which is a direct result of the healing that happened guys many times healing leads people to repent and turn to christ i mean i remember once going with elmer and ann to this man's house here in richmond who was not a christian he was a hindu and what was happening is his mom had died and she would appear out of nowhere in the middle of the road or in his room and uh, just uh, just the whole family was being uh, demonized but once we prayed uh, that whole incident stopped but now they were open to hearing the rest of the gospel and so we sat there and told them about who Christ was uh, another instance was in uh, indonesia this guy called noldi n o l d y i've shown his picture here long ago he um, sat and watched healings taking place the prophetic happening people's uh, legs getting healed and growing and stuff like that and so he comes at the end of the meeting and says i want jesus so i said why he says i don't know but i need him and uh, so he has had just been re- released from a mental asylum because uh, he he comes from a family of deep um, witchcraft and what he had done was he had killed his friend who was sleeping next to him uh, and because um, a demon had caused him to do that and had he had killed his friend and they had put him in an asylum and uh, he had gone through these rites where you um, uh, the final rite of passage is slaughtering a uh, cobra and drinking its blood and he was impervious to the stabs of a knife you could stab him and uh, it wouldn't hurt him the his 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 skin was so thick that you could take a knife and stab him and it wouldn't go in and so he showed me what he wore around his waist and on his arms amulets charms and stuff like that and he wants jesus and so i said sure and i told him about jesus he received jesus but now i took him to acts 19 and i said this is what happened when people in ephesus heard about jesus christ and received him they took all their amulets and stuff like that so that evening he comes to this person's house and he brings all his charms and amulets and this red um, robe that he had that was given to him was of tremendous value that's what has kept him safe that's his protection he cannot be killed with a knife and he takes that off and he throws it into the fire and one by one the charms and amulets and everything and i thought for a guy to change in half a day and give away his protection all that he trusted in was remarkable and after we threw it and had a bonfire we went to the closest bathtub and baptized him and so the picture i have uh, which i've shown you is him holding a bible that someone gave him and standing there after his baptism but what triggered the whole thing what triggered it he was sitting there and i didn't even know he was he had just been released from an asylum and he's sitting there watching as people are getting healed and uh, things are being prophesied so healing leads to leads people to repent or leads people to turn to god healing does that do you see how many good reasons god has to heal another thing that i really like about healing is it illustrates it illustrates it illustrates the kingdom it illustrates the kingdom we sang about it today it illustrates the kingdom of god luke 10 luke 
verse 9. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is said before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near. Luke 11.20 Luke 11.20 But if I drive away demons, or if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Guys, we belong to an invisible kingdom, but this invisible kingdom is made visible through the work of the Spirit, in the midst of the citizens of that kingdom and through them. That's how you know that a kingdom exists. Otherwise, what kind of kingdom is this? Invisible? Where is it? Oh, you can't see it. What kind of kingdom is that? The king and this kingdom make themselves visible here on earth, both by working in and through the citizens of the kingdom. One of the reasons God likes healing is to make visible the kingdom of God here on earth. Not a kingdom that is to come, but a kingdom that has come. We won't need healing in heaven. Get all of it now. Healing gives notice of another kingdom that is already here. Healing gives notice of another kingdom that is already here. Yeah. Healing gives notice of another kingdom that is already here. It was established by Christ. Hey, what he establishes stays, uh, by the way. Healing gives notice of another kingdom that is already here. It was established by Christ and is made visible through the work of the Spirit of God. How is it made visible? It's made visible in us. It's made visible through us. Crazy, man. The next thing. Why does God heal? He notifies... It is to, no, to notify the dethronement of the devil. It notifies or to, why does he heal? To notify the dethronement of principalities, dethronement of the devil, dethronement of the enemy, the dethronement of principalities. That is one of the reasons he heals. The dethronement of principalities. Ah, this is so cool. Guys, uh, um, um, Colossians 2.15 says that this is what Christ did. He has made a public spectacle of Satan. How, how he puts it is, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. He disarmed he disarmed the principalities and powers and thrones and he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. So what uh, what does it paint? Uh, I know we've talked about this before. Imagine a king coming back after victory after having decimated the opposition and taken the city captive 
And so the king is on his throne. And behind him would be another chariot. Unfortunately, that chariot would be empty. Because the guy who used to ride that chariot is now tied to it and is walking as a slave behind it. Literally naked, manacled, paraded through the streets as a trophy of war. Humbled. And one of the things that happens on the cross... Sorry? Humiliated, not humbled. One of the things that happens on the cross is Christ has made a public spectacle of the enemy, of the devil, of powers and authorities, and he made them made a public spectacle of them after having disarmed them. Now they're marching behind the chariot, paraded through the streets as prisoners. So one of the reasons healing takes place is to notify or announce the, de- the dethronement of principalities. See, the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2.2, uses sickness as a weapon against man. The prince of the power of the air, or or the devil, or Satan, uses sickness as a weapon against man. He did not create sickness. Sickness is the outcome of sin. He takes that and uses it now as a weapon against us. Yet, very clearly in 1 John 3, 8, B, it says that Jesus Christ was made manifest, or Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came down in the flesh. To do what? To destroy the works of the devil. Very clearly says that. One of the reasons healing takes place is to notify that, listen, you authorities and powers, you devil... You've been dethroned. And therefore your works have been destroyed by the manifesting of Jesus Christ in flesh and now through his body. His dethronement did not end when Jesus ascended. Remember, we don't talk enough about the ascension. But what we need to realize is if there was no ascension, if there was only death and resurrection, and there was no ascension, There is no being seated in the heavenly places above all principalities, powers and authorities. Ascension is what? Now gives us the kind of clout that we have. One of the the reasons, one of the things we need to understand. John 10.10 The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But now the principalities have been put on notification that listen you've been dethroned because the rightful possessor the true king the great king the awesome life giver has come uh, come now and he's driven out the masquerader and he's made a prisoner of the thief and so now the body is being asked to drive out the masquerader And the thief who comes to steal, kill and destroy. Go home and meditate on this. You'll suddenly feel that, oh shucks, I got a mandate here. Why does God like healing? Why should I go about healing? There's a mandate here for us. Because we have to be like our king, right? Another reason for healing... Very simple. It glorifies God. Glorifies God. 
John 11.4 with regard to Lazarus what did Jesus say in John 11.4 he said this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified through it it is so sad that people take that verse and uh, talk about ah that's a reason for sickness (laughs) he wasn't saying that he was saying that listen I will be glorified through this not I will be glorified because this person is sick or because this person is dead but I will be glorified because I'm going to heal this person and raise them from the dead how many times I've heard this argument but Jesus said this sickness is not unto death but for my glory so that perhaps and they'll never say this sickness that I have is surely because what God God wants to glorify himself they'll always say perhaps this is for God's glory puts you in a really bad situation because the moment you use the word perhaps, you're done man because then there's also the other statement, perhaps this is not for God's glory the glory is in the healing not in the sickness remember where the source of sickness is, does it have anything to do with your father did Jesus ever caress sickness, no he rebuked it it never said, and then Jesus went up to Peter's mother-in-law and saw her with a fever and he caressed the fever and said, do you mind leaving today? No. <laughs> he rebuked this fever. Luke 5, 24-26 Luke 5, 24-26 and he goes and says to this man who's been paralyzed, he says to him I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them. And the Bible says, they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. We have seen strange things. I love people to say that. eh? Oh man, those guys came here and we saw some really strange things. Like what? Like a man who's paralyzed walking. Is it possible? Absolutely. Can we see this here? Absolutely. Is this a statement of bravado? No. Is it a statement of faith? Not really. So what is it a statement of? Just things that happen because God likes healing. It's odd, eh? To those who, uh, to those who choose to believe, healing can be a thing of glory to those who choose to ignore or not believe it can be a source of awe and dread of fear in Acts 2 it says that the disciples went around and they started healing Uh, healings began to happen signs and wonders happened and the whole city was in fear because they didn't know how to handle it you can have either fear or you can have the ability to praise God for it but that's another thing Jacob, I love uh, one of the names I love uh, that Jacob gave God this is such a strange name. His name, one of the names of God that Jacob gave him was the Dread of Jacob. What a name, man. God is called the Dread of Jacob. As in, when Jacob and his son started walking from Shechem, it caused dread because they knew God was with Jacob and so they were scared. The Dread of Jacob. I, I, I think I've told you this, of how uh, Graham Cook was trying to get a a piece of land in uh, wherever he was in England and the city 
um, officials kept saying no, no, no. So he went through all the hoops they made him jump through, went overboard in terms of supplying them all they need. Everything was done legally and there were these people in City Hall who did not want the church to establish something in the city. So they kept resisting him. Finally, after the third or fourth or fifth meeting, he's sitting with them and he's given them everything and they still refuse. And so they turn to him and they say, no, can't do it. And then Graham Cook says to them, we've presented you everything. Um, It hasn't worked. So here's what I want to say to you. If you do not pass this legitimate request, every scandal, every embezzlement, every adulterous relationship around this table, my God will expose. (laughs) He got his license, man. (laughs) He got his license. They gave him his license. (laughs) Obviously, there were some things there that should not have been there. (laughs) Don't use that this week. It's just a story. Go up to a shopkeeper and say, I want that, that, and that, and I want it at 30% discount. No? Okay, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> Don't do that. James, can I have another cup, please? Uh, with coffee in it. Um, the last one is, um, no, not the last one. Uh, why does God heal? He heals because it's sometimes just a sovereign exercise of his power. He just heals because I'm God. I can do what I want. Thanks, man. I'm God. I can do what I want. Sovereign exercise of his power. You see that, eh? In John 5, 5, uh, there's a man at a pool called Bethesda. And he's been there for how many years? 38 years. Other people are lying there too. But he goes up to this one man. And he says, uh, do you need help? No. He gives him a long story. Jesus hears the whole thing. And then he says, do you want to be healed? And then he heals him. One man out of the many lying around the pool. Just chose to do it. Worse, you think that is bad in terms of sovereign power. Look at what he does. He is in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's John 4. And the, the next one is in Luke 22. Garden of Gethsemane. They've come to imprison him, take him to crucify him. Peter pulls out a sword and cuts off this guy called Malchus. Cuts off his ear. And in the middle of being taken to prison and dragged and beaten, Jesus says, no, 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 enough of this. And he goes and heals the man. <laughs> ear so that he can carry on hearing. I mean, I would write, love to write a story about the man whose ear was restored. Or write a song about this man whose ear was restored when he went to, him, to capture Jesus. I must have blown his ear, socks away. No, Roman soldiers didn't wear socks. But the point being, guys, sometimes God chooses to heal just because He has sovereign power. It's uh, I'm God. I am God. Do what I want. Oh, by the way, I like healing, so I'll do it. I don't care that you came to imprison me and uh, tried manhandling one of my favorite guys, Peter. Yeah, so there are 60 of you and I'm going to heal one. You want to argue about it and make theology out of it? Go ahead. But I'm God, I'll do what I want. Nitpicking, man. How we nitpick what Jesus does to create theology out of it, that slams his character, boggles my mind. Look into the Bible to find things 
to cast suspicion on the character of God. Ridiculous. If only theologians first understood the nature of God and then went into theology. Like Jason. This is when you say you need to clap or say something. <laughs> Otherwise you form theology that does not correspond to the nature of God. Yeah, God allowing sickness. Hey man. You're looking for your family, they are here. Good. Make him feel uncomfortable. Good to see you, Arma. Guys, and lastly, if all these reasons were not sufficient, here's the last one. Uh, he heals because it's his nature. He heals because it's his nature. From Exodus 15:26, where he says, I will take away disease from, from in your midst. To Exodus 23-25 where he says, I'll not put any disease on you. I find those two so, so tasty. On one hand he says, Exodus 15, 15 he says, uh, oh I won't put any diseases on you. And Exodus 23 he says, I'll take away diseases from you. So he don't put and he takes away. So where's the allow in this? I won't put anything on you and I'll take it away from you. Where is the allow in this? God gives us authority and the word to combat what we need. Okay? He does not allow, he cannot allow anything that does not come from him. Cannot. The enemy does, and I have the ability to stop it. Right, but, but God is the one with the ultimate say. So, in Job 2, he allowed We think God is the one who has ultimate say in the affairs of man, but that would take away man's sovereignty. There is no ultimate say with my life. I mean, if God had the ultimate say in my life, I would be saved without God's intervention. God does not have ultimate say in my life in that sense. When it comes to free will, it's fascinating how much say I have. When it comes to retraining my mind, it's fascinating how much say I have. It does not matter how many times you teach me, it's up to me to learn. I can go to multiple seminars, but it's up to me whether I want to learn or not. God placed man here. Go back to Genesis, guys. Uh, guys, please understand, I'm not responding to what Diana is saying. My sister actually wrote to me saying, don't stop people from asking questions because these are the questions people who are hearing. Uh, this is not to encourage Diana, but <laughs> but, <laughs> the, but but so I'm not responding to her as such. I'm just going down that track. Please understand that in Genesis, everything was given to man to steward, and if God had His ultimate say, it would have stayed so. If God had His ultimate say, there would be no need for Christ to die on the cross. If God had his ultimate say, things would have been very different. God has his ultimate say when I yield my will to him. 
Yes, God is the God of history. He knows the rise of kings and the fall of kings, the rise of kingdoms and the fall of kingdoms. But God did not have the ultimate say in deciding that Pharaoh, your heart is going to be hard. Does the Bible say so? Yes, but read it the way the Hebrew writers wrote it. It was not that God said, okay, you will be hard, you will be soft, you will be hard. No. He knows. He knows ahead of time. In his foreknowledge, he says things. This is why it is so important to take on the authority that we've been given to use the word to combat what we need to combat and to yield and forge our will so that even at Gethsemane you have the audacity to say not your will but mine be done. Jesus had ultimate say there, not God. So when it comes to sickness, know that all good gifts come from the Father in whom there is no shadow of turning. So all good gifts come from Him. Therefore anything in which there is a shadow of turning or, or anything that is not light, anything that He cannot say as He said in Genesis, it is good. Anything does not have its source in Him. And if it does not have its source in Him, it has to be rebuked. Do you think God allowed waves to come while Jesus was in the boat sleeping? No. Out of the mouth of babes. No. Because if it was God who allowed those waves, Jesus would not have rebuked what came from that which was allowed by His Father. He rebukes it because He knows the source. So judge things by the nature of your father. Does this... Guys, there will be things that come into my life because of sin. There will be things that come into my life because of the fallenness of the world. There will be things that come into my life as a result of the seeds I have sown and the crop I am reaping. There will be things that will come into my life because of the attack of the enemy as in Job. There will be things that come into my life because I am connected to you and what you do affects me. Out of the relationship that we have with each other. And then there will be things that are waiting to come into my life because God in whom there is no shadow of turning and who lives in marvelous glorious light has things that he wants to bring in. And as we erect the filters of the word of God and as we begin to walk in the light as he is in the light be ready to be persecuted for his namesake be ready to partake in the sufferings of Christ as in the things he suffered for except that which he paid for in terms of atonement be ready to suffer that but everything else sieve, filter, check we need a breed that will live like this on earth to show the values of a kingdom that are very different from the values of this kingdom here on earth but to show a kingdom that will be persecuted and sufferings of Christ that we will make up as once going up to bat after the innings is won. Colossians 2 or thereabouts. As I will complete the sufferings of Christ. 
not as one who needs to complete it so that anything has to be gained, but as one who is going up to bat after the innings has been won. Partaking in what he partook in, because I'm also partaking in his resurrection. Not for any atonement need, not to be striped for anybody's healing, not to die for anybody's life. But taking my cross in the sense of denying myself and being at times persecuted, denying myself and facing your ridicule, scoff, scoffing, mocking and scorning. Yes, these I will suffer. Or these I may suffer. There are many who have passed out of this life without even suffering that. So I'm not saying bring it on. But these will happen. If it happened to me, the master, if they call me Beelzebub, know that they will call you too. But otherwise, otherwise, besides death, which unfortunately is the last enemy, and which at times needs to be rebuked. I remember flying. Twice it happened. And in the, in the aircraft, five hours into the thing, losing consciousness, knowing I'm running out of breath. And all I can do is speak in tongues and rebuke death. Because death is an enemy. It's not some welcome portal into heaven. But it will come to you. Because of the fallenness that I was born in, my body is going to decay and die. Yvonne is watching Eddie praying for a woman who came from a background of witches. And he's praying for her and then he knew something was wrong but he wasn't alert. And he goes on to pray for the next person. And as he's praying for the... Oh, it's time. As he's praying for the next person... Um, he feels weak and he falls flat and there's no pulse and he's lying there they call for the ambulance because he's literally lying there with a very very weak pulse and guess what he wanted it was a birthday day before yesterday he goes stands she goes stands over and starts rebuking the spirit of death comes back to life before the ambulance comes that is an enemy that has to be conquered and there will be a generation that will conquer that as in they will not die. I'm not saying... You understand what I mean by that. Clarify it with me later if you don't. But other than that, guys... Yeah, uh, uh, I'd probably have to read up some more on it. I have a few ideas. But it would be a separate sermon. As in how Enoch and Elijah did. So, thank you for asking the question, Dana. Because all what I said is super important and super true, super relevant. Embrace it. There will be no? Be blessed, guys. We live in a... So, let me conclude with the nature of God. Um, this is how He is. Huh? It's a benefit of His death. His nature has been released to us by Jesus. We already said His nature is, I don't put, 
I won't, I, I will take away and I will not put. So that's where we stopped. And we said, so there's no room for allow. That's where we went down this, not rabbit trail, important trail. And uh, ra- um, so, and then Jesus Christ comes along and the very nature of Christ, the very nature of Yahweh, He releases to us as a benefit of the cross. So that now it becomes something everybody can appropriate by the stripes laid on His back. It now becomes available to us. There was a, there was a pool uh, in Jerusalem, um, uh, Bethesda. You know how Bethesda happened? Hezekiah went, dug through caves and rock to go to a stream called Gihon. And then brought the water from Gihon into Bethesda. In a sense, that's what Jesus has done. Here is God who says that I will not put and I will take away. And Jesus comes and drills a hole through a rock by the stripes on his back so that the waters of Gihon or the waters of healing can now be brought to the pool of Bethesda, which is us. It can be appropriated now. People can step into it. It's no longer far away. It's no longer Yahweh at a distance whose nature is Rafa or healing. It is now in us, in our midst, the healer has come. And by his stripes we are healed. That's how we need to look at it. And the other thing is, guys, Jesus always said, I will not do anything till I see my father doing it. Do you know how many times Jesus went around healing? I think he, every time he would look up, he'd see his father doing it. And so he would come and heal. Jesus liked doing what he saw his father doing. And his father was so into healing that it was natural for Jesus to keep healing here on earth. Think of that for a second. Every time he healed, he had to see what his father was doing. This is what the father likes doing and it's what Jesus saw. And it's what you and I should see too. So what was Jesus' heart with regard to healing? A leper came to him and said, Master... If you want, you can heal my body. What is Jesus' reply? I want to. Be clean. Then a Roman centurion came and he said, Master, my servant is sick. He can't walk. He's in terrible pain. What did Jesus say? I'll come and heal him. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from fever. She was in the grip of a burning fever. What did Jesus do? Went and rebuked the fever and the fever left her. All those who were sick came with various diseases. What did Jesus do? laid his hands on every one of the men, cured them. Those under the power of demons, what would Jesus do? Draw out the spirits with a word and would not permit them to speak. Go forth and do likewise. Bless you guys. Can you guys send me off?